I've talked a little bit about the Acts of the Apostles, and um, who wrote it? Come on, who wrote it? Quick Bible students, Luke. And he also wrote another account, didn't he? Called Luke. Yeah. And who, who did he write it to? Theophilus, that's right. And uh, I was looking at um, his name this week, Theophilus, two words, Theo is God, and Phyllis is friend. So, and you know the amazing thing is, nobody really knows who this guy was. Because the Bible doesn't say who Theophilus was, it just mentions his name. And there's about four different people in, in history around that time um, who had Theophilus as a part of their name. Now, whether they were born with that name or whether, you know, so the parents gave it to them or whether it was added on because that's who they were, who knows? But um, in Luke's account, it does say um, sort of that this, this guy was quite an important, prominent type of person because it says sort of, oh, great or... Oh, wonderful or whatever, Theophilus. What's the word in there? It says it's in the New King James and, and the Strong's Finite Gene. He obviously was a person of influence, but Luke was writing this account, first of all, his gospel account, because he'd been an eyewitness. He wanted to be able to pass on the fact that he could trust all the things that he had heard. Was it like most... Yeah, in in Luke, it's Luke where he, it's Luke where he sort of gives it, gives him a bit of a title. It gives you the impression that he wasn't just an ordinary person. He actually was a man of influence and status. He could have actually been part of Caesar's um, uh, family and a part of his leadership. Uh, there's also a Theophilus who supported Paul when they were in Antioch. There was a business guy there, an entrepreneur, who was a wealthy, influential. And he supported Paul. There was another Theophilus who gave, who was a lawyer, gave Paul some help as well when Paul was in trouble and needed help, but before he was coming before Rome. Most excellent, that's the title, isn't it? Most excellent Theophilus. Uh, and so these were written, but, but Luke wanted him to know, you've heard some things about Jesus Christ, you've heard some things about what's gone on in the church, And I'm wanting to let you know that they are real, that they're authentic. It really did happen. We were witnesses. We saw it firsthand. We were there when the miracles took place. We were there when the dead were raised. We were there when the 5,000 were fed with this little boy's lunch. You know, we just saw the miracle of this bread being broken and distributed and it it just multiplied and... And all these things, we saw them, we heard, we were witnesses, and we want you to know, you've heard these things, but let me tell you, they were real, because I saw it. And um, the, the Acts of the Apostles is an amazing thing. We've talked a lot about Holy Spirit this morning, haven't we? Now, here's a guy who you might not appreciate, has made an interesting statement, Bono, of you too, says religion is what you've got left when the Holy Spirit's left the building. I kind of came across that over the last week and I thought, oh, that's interesting that he should recognise that. We need Holy Spirit, don't we? He is so important. 
He's living within you. If you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit as well and speak in tongues, please let us know because we want to pray with you so that you can enjoy that prayer language and get into uh, the strengthening that comes as we pray in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we're built up. We're built up in our spirit. We're built up in our soul. We're strengthened when we pray in tongues. It isn't just something where we switch off, but actually our spirit begins to engage with God and we begin to charge our mind, our emotions, our will, because it needs it, doesn't it, guys? Because it is tough out there in the workplace, the things that you're facing. And I know some of the situations that some of you are facing and it's real hard, it's real tough. Well, praying in the Holy Spirit makes all the world of difference. One of our young people, as she was going through uh, her exams through school, would constantly say to me, uh, I'm doing this today. You know, it might be biology and chemistry and I've got you know, physics on Thursday and I've, I've got this lesson and that, uh, this exam, that exam. And I used to say over and over again, okay, now remember what the score is. As you're going to school, pray in the Holy Spirit. When you sat there and you sat at that desk and that paper's in front of you and then you open it up and look at the first question. Be praying in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues because he will enlighten you. He will strengthen you. He will calm the nerves. Hello. Those of you that struggle with anxiety, with depression, listen, Holy Spirit is the one who will strengthen you spiritually. He will strengthen your soul area, your mind, your will, your emotions. He will make you strong. Now, Acts of the Apostles, the Acts. The word act in the dictionary means to take action and to do something. One, one of my favourite characters in history is Patton, George Patton. He always said that we need to do something. You can't just wait for the, always for the right circumstances. Anybody ever watched Patton, Lust for Glory, his film about him? Uh, amazing one. He, he went round a table where there were generals gathered and they said, we've got to relieve this American army in Bastogne that have got Germans surrounding them. They're being uh, whittled down little by little. We've got to get to them. Is there any one of you generals that can do it? And they were saying, well, I know George Montgomery, you know, uh, uh, Mon not George, yeah, Monty, uh, he, he won't be able to get there for weeks because he, he was a very cautious leader, was Montgomery. Um, he wanted to make sure everything was in place and right. And George Patton said, I'll be there in three days. And they said, hang on a minute, you're already engaged in a battle, already in a war. How can you get 100 miles to go to that place and, and take on that German army? He said, I've already given my other leaders the task of working out the logistics to do it. We'll be there in three days. All of them said... There is no way that you can do that. He said, we're going to do it. And in the film, they say that no army has ever pulled out of a battle in midwinter 
gone a hundred miles and fought a major battle and won. But they did it because he said, I have trained these men. The guy with, with Montgomery, or speaking for Montgomery, said, I know that you're asking the impossible. And he said, you don't realize that that is the role of leadership, to ask the impossible. And through the training, we've got these men ready. And they turned that tide and they released the people. Action is so important. Hello. Inaction just breeds kind of compromise and just status quo. God wants us to take action. So here's some of the things. Acting on something. Take action according to or in the light of. In the light of Jesus dying on the cross, we can take action this week on the, on the, the action of the gospel being birthed into the world, we can preach the gospel this week wherever we are. We can take action. We can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We can speak into impossible situations and see them change. We can take action. Take action in order to bring something about. In other words, one's ability to act for community change. You can take action where you are this week in your family and turn the situation around. You can take action in the workplace this week. You can begin to say, I'm going to start speaking about this issue that's taking place that I know about, and I am going to begin to make some decrees, make some declarations so that it changes. Hello. If we don't stand up and say, I'm going to take responsibility, things won't change. So we've got to take some action. Amen. And also to act for and act on behalf of, in other words, to represent somebody on a contractual, legal or pay basis. Hey, we're representing the King of Kings. So he wants us to do the things that we've got a desire to do. He wants us to take risks this week. Hello. He wants us to take steps of faith this week. And uh, to act from or out of means to be motivated by. How many are motivated? Oh, um, we get motivated until we've got to, the alarm clock goes off in the morning, don't we? And then we know where the motivation's at. Oh, shut that thing up, switch that off. So we provide the motivation. The best motivation is intrinsic motivation rather than extrinsic. Something that comes from the inside, not something that comes from the outside. Not the wife batting the husband around the head saying, go downstairs, get me a drink of tea or a coffee in the morning. That it, extrinsic helps, you know, guilt sometimes on people, you know, might motivate somebody. How many times have I told you to do that? You know, but the best motivation is the one that comes from within because you want to do it. I've learned after 20-something years of marriage that it's good to take your wife a drink in the morning (laughs) and to want to do that. It starts the day off right, gentlemen. It's a good thing. Okay, act and action. So, I said I wasn't going to speak for long today. So, act is all about action. Have we got any action, men? Yes, sir. Thank you, Timmer. Yes, sir. 
I had, a, I had an action man. I had an action man when I was young, and it was the business. So we're action people, aren't we? So the story of the Acts of the Apostles is really the story of the Acts of the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit-filled people. Amen? Amen. There were a number of times when we had our 50 days of prayer where the different leaders came and they said, right, for the first few minutes, we're just going to pray in tongues. And man, that really got us stoked up. I mean, Jane Smith one night had us for about half an hour or 30 odd minutes, wasn't it? You know, we hardly had any time to pray at the end, but the Lord knew what we were praying in tongues. But I tell you what, it got us charged up. So we need it. So the Acts of the Apostles is all about action. Amen. It really is hair raising stuff. As you, as hair raising stuff in the Acts of the Apostles. I'll tell you what, it was incredible. It was an incredible time in the life of the church. I'm still trying to work out, you know, where the Holy Spirit says to Philip, right, I want you to go down to the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. I want you to go down there. And then when he goes down there, there's this guy in a chariot. And it probably wasn't going particularly fast because he was reading Isaiah. And so the Holy Spirit said, go and sort of approach the guy in the chariot. And you, you know the story, he was uh, a, a, a eunuch, he was a treasurer for the Queen of Ethiopia, Candace, the Queen of Ethiopia, very high position, but he was obviously a man of God. He loved the scriptures, he loved going and celebrating the feast. He'd been to Jerusalem and now was returning home. And Philip goes and shares with him and he gets baptised in the Holy Spirit and gets baptised in water and all that stuff. But then it says, Philip then just disappears kind of thing. And he ends up 25 miles away in a place called Azotos and goes and does a whole load of mighty things there. Wouldn't you like to be translated? It would make the work a day a bit easier, wouldn't it? Instead of sitting an hour in traffic. uh, Yeah, there we go. Says petrol, it's very eco-friendly, isn't it, really? (laughs) And there's lots of different accounts. We wouldn't like the bit where Christians were sort of tarred and then set alight and used as candles for barbecues, but that was going on. That was the not nice bit. But there were folks being saved, healed, delivered of demons. It was really quite an amazing time. And we want that excitement, don't we? Don't we? Because we want to do it. So it's all about action and it's all about change. Did you know that change is here to stay? (laughs) We like change. We embrace change, don't we, here? It's only because we've had to, not just because we want to, for want to's sake. We've changed the office around about three times this week. You know... Because when it's been the same for two days, you know, I mean, that's long enough, isn't it? We need to move something again. Come on, let's, let's have change. The company that I used to work for, Grants of St. James, we, we had six floors in a, in, a, in a block in the building. And they were constantly changing us around. I think I was on nearly every floor in my career with them. And it seemed like every year 
they moved things around because, well, the balance sheet was not really looking any different year on year. Sales weren't any better and profit wasn't any better. But if we move the staff around, it looks as though we're doing something. <laughs> well, we want more than that, don't we? Yes. We want lives changed, situations changed. So I thought about just some little acrostics here for acts. And this is one I came up with. Apostolic community transforms society. Apostolic community transforms society. We are an apostolic community. Oh wait, that's gone down like a lead balloon. Hello. Here's another one. Action centered. Action centers, Matthew. Action centered theology succeeds. Theology is a study of God, isn't it, Maria? Yeah. But that can be very, not just boring, but actually just sitting and very cerebral. The kind of theology we want that is successful is action-centred. It's doing something. That's why it's the acts of the apostles. Not the contemplations, not the prayers, not the plans and purposes, but the acts, what they were doing. So, it's not the acts of the prophets. It's not the acts of the pastors, teachers or evangelists. It's the acts of the apostles. Right. Now, here's the other deal. Jesus said, I will build my church, my ecclesia. And you've known when I've spoken before that it's the called out ones. Ones that were sent on a mission. Apostles and others were those that were chosen out of the community, be it the Greek community, the Roman community, people of standing who would go and colonise a new conquered state, conquered nation, conquered region, and they would go there and they would make that place just like Greece, say Athens, or make it like Rome. They would go and do that. So they would change the law so that they embraced Greek law or Roman law. They would change the educational system. They would change the architecture, the road structures. I mean, there are so many things that are still around today from the Roman period. You go down a road and it's perfectly straight and you can see the horizon, the road is still straight. You probably know that was built by the Romans. Loads of things. So, Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, my called out ones that will go and make the world different. So, Jesus is building an apostolic community and that is you and I. Now, we have mentioned the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. They are gifts that are placed within an individual, man or a woman. It's an office in the body of Christ. You don't earn it, you don't work for it. It's a gift and there are lots of helps ministries as well that are given to people to help support the work of the kingdom. But also there is an anointing that's a corporate anointing and we believe that God is releasing an apostolic, prophetic, corporate anointing on the body of Christ. Because it can't just be left to the apostles and the prophets in the church to do the work of the church or the ecclesia. Does that make sense? 
it's not just reliant upon an apostle or a prophet or even a pastor or a teacher or evangelist to do the works. They're there to equip, to train and to release all of us into the gifts that God's given us and into those corporate anointings. So you can go and evangelize. Pauline and Keith Horobin are coming to Burton in September and October for a six-week period to do some evangelism training and to take people out on the doors. Who's up for that? Okay, we're going to be distributing Bibles. We're going to be praying for people. We're going to be taking the gospel out. We're going to be working with some of the other churches in the town. And we're going to see miracles take place at our hands. So, it's terribly exciting, isn't it? I say. So, I've finished with this. What actions are you going to take this week? As a result of the fact that the Holy Spirit, in His fullness, is in you right now. In all of His power. He's not come with a little bit. You've not had a small dose. Hello? You've had the real deal. And the children as well, who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking tongues, our children have the same Holy Spirit that we have. He's ageless. He's, so he's timeless. He has all authority. And he's just waiting for you and I to tap into him. So this week, Anne, you can do incredible things because the Holy Spirit is in you, giving you power. Faggy, this week we can do new things, different things than we've done before because God is living on the inside of us and if we give him room, if we give him place this week, we will see incredible things. We're still writing the Acts of the Apostles, aren't we? Come on, the book's being written. Is your name in it? Yes. I'm glad you're confident, Jean. That's the way. Jean's writing her story, her acts in that book. Because when you read it, it isn't finished off in the same way that most letters, most books are concluded because it is still being written. Holy Spirit is writing the acts of the church. Not just the 12 apostles. Listen, some people believe that the apostles died out when the last one went to be with Jesus. It ain't true. Don't buy that lie. Some people teach that the Holy Spirit was for a bygone era, not for today. We need him more than ever. So, he's here. What are we going to do with him? Are we going to go on an exciting journey this week? Are we going to transform the places where we're working? What about our communities and our family? All we've got to do is give him an opportunity. So, Lord, we want to thank you for the acts that the early church did. Lord, we thank you when we read the stories. They are exciting. They are action-packed with the things that you did. Lord, when Philip ran and caught up 
with that chariot. And then all of a sudden, it was translated 25 miles away. Lord, we can't compute with our mind how that happened, but we believe your word because Luke said, I saw these things, I was a witness to these things, I know what happened, I spoke to Philip, and I can attest that these things occurred, they really did happen. Lord, we want to move into the supernatural in a new way this week because you want it You want us to move into a new dimension. So, Lord, I'm praying that where our hearts, those of us here today, at the sound of my voice that are saying, yes, I want to do something different this week. I want to take action. I want to take an opportunity. Lord, I'm saying right now, meet every person at the point of their desire, at the point of their prayer, and, Lord, work a work in them this week that they have never done before. Lord, we want to hear testimonies of changed lives and changed situations because you want to work with your people and your church. Lord, I release a fresh apostolic anointing on us today to work the works. To, Father, say the things that are going to change situations. Help us in our prayer language. Help us in our understanding of you as we move forwards and do those things in Jesus' name. Amen.